This podcast is sponsored by the Garbin Street Iguana Clinic. With world-class veterinary consultants, Garbin Street Iguana Clinic is by far the best and most well-known iguana clinic in the 16 duchies. In a recent survey, one out of one respondents were unable to recommend another iguana clinic. The Garbin Street Iguana Clinic, for all your iguana medical needs. Iguanas only, other reptiles need not apply. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, has ever, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Hello, Peter. Well, Russ, we I see we have some visitors. Some visitors. Some visitors. Yeah, plural. More than one. Obviously, we've had Hudson the podcast dog making a brief appearance in the background. Um, <laughs> Possibly not quite as loudly as he has in previous episodes, but we also have all the way from the US of A, uh, we've got the fantastic Banana Chan from Game of the Curry, and also working with Wet Ink Publishing at the moment, I think? Yes, so yes. we're co-publishing with Wet Ink, yeah, doing all the Kickstarter things. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, we also have uh, Sen Fung Lim, who has so many titles to his various projects that he's just asked being introduced as a freelancer. Yeah, it's just uh, so easier that way. <laughs> it's easier. It just yeah. saves time. Yeah. Game designer without portfolio, Centering Limp. Thank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to join us both. <laughs> right. Let's, yeah. let's do some news, shall we? Ah, interesting. Okay, then. So, um, I think the biggest news that came out this week was uh, there's a new D&D board game coming. Is there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, got, it only got announced yesterday, ah. and it's called Adventure Begins. Mm. That's a good title. Looks, it looks quite cool. It's kind of being pitched as a sort of gateway intro into uh, RPGs. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's for ages 10 plus for two to four players. Mm-hmm. And it's got a whole load of pieces. It's got um, little plastic minis. It's got cards, a board, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how it's played, but it seems that you adventure um, through some kind of dungeon and there's these four bosses that you have to defeat at some point, and it's a, co- a cooperative game. Oh, yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, uh, that's uh, available for pre-order already on a whole bunch of sites, like Amazon and uh, it's in Walmart and some of the sort of main, main really mainstream stores. Oh, okay. Which is kind of right. cool. Yeah. It looks, it looks quite good. I'm not sure whether... I don't know. Is, is D&D board games something you guys... Uh... Well, I mean, there there have been a few of them already. And yeah, uh, yeah we were supposed to design a couple. But um, they they have this, like, Temple of Elemental Evil and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one in the Underdark. Ra- Ravenloft. And, so there, there's, there is mm. a adventure system game for each of the major uh, worlds already mm. through WizKids. Uh, in cooperation with Watsi and Hasbro, but they are they're, they're these really kind of big big games that huh. are random, random, random. Like you can die in like the first turn if you don't play well. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not the first turn, but the first couple turns. Yeah. Like it's like this is punishing, and it's like constantly running a gauntlet of of traps and monsters and traps mm. and monsters oh. and stuff like that. So it's to me, it's not it's not quintessential D and D. 
and I'm not sure how, what this board game is going to do differently. Uh, but yeah. if it's just monster encounters, that's not D and D to me, so I don't necessarily want to oh. play it. It's not. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not a whiz kids one like those were. Oh. This one's being done through Hasbro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, that, that was, I have an important question, which yeah. is: Does it come with nice models that I can paint? I, I don't like them very much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's four. There's four. They're kind of plastic. Oh, plastics. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. You can do nice things with plastic. Yeah, you can paint them. Uh, but these, yeah. I mean, there's a bright yellow, there's a bright yellow one, a bright green yeah. one, a bright red one, and a and a and a bright blue one. Yeah, I mean, they're oh. they're they're done that way for a price point because I think they're yeah. going for yeah. mass market. So that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, and then there's a whole kind of there's some tiles of different types. It looks to me, I'm looking at some of the contents <laughs> on it, and I can't see it in detail. But it's like a foresty tile. What looks like a a lava cave tile, what looks like a docks tile, perhaps. Yeah, it uh, seems to me... And it looks me, like these fit together. Yeah, it seems to me to be more like, um, more almost like a Gloomhaven style of play, in terms of like like a, like yeah. a, a, like a, a, a map that's not big, but not small, mm. versus uh, all the all the other D&D like games were like little cards that you'd line up like tiles in a dungeon. Yeah. So this yeah. is a little bit different. I'm just looking at the four. The four. I, I was going to say player characters, but they're, they're board game figures. But there's uh, there's the uh, the sage, which is a human sorcerer. Uh-huh. There's the champion, which is a red dragonborn. I think it's a rogue, but the miniature's standing right in front of the label there, and I can't quite make yeah. it out. Well, so a champion, <laughs> they're probably stabbing something worse with a big sword. There's uh, a big sword. the fixer, which is a dwarf fighter. Oh. And then there's the rebel, which is an elven bard. Interesting. Well, all choices. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll to see how it looks yeah. like when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes out in October, so yeah. you can pre-order it now. Right. Yeah. It's next quarter. It might as well be a million years away. <laughs> um, like, yeah, you know, I'm working on lockdown time at the moment. You know, every day, every hour passes like it was a day. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, but then some weeks go really quickly. Oh, yes, I couldn't tell you where the time's gone, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> what year are we in, even? <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what year we're in. <laughs> the same year as for the last five we're years. In, we're, in, we're in that year. This year will yes, go exactly, down. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, there was some news about, you know, those data dumps that D&D Beyond does? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> so last year, and um, we covered it then, last year mm-hmm. they did one all about the most popular classes and subclasses. Okay. Uh, so they've done an update on that. They've basically done the same data dump and comparing yeah. it, how it's changed over a year. And okay. bear with me a second. And if So there's, what, 12 classes? It's quite interesting because these are, they say they've got in the high 30s of millions of characters on the platform now. Wow. 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 That's a lot. <laughs> that is an awful lot. Um, I don't know how many of those are actually being played by people. Well, I, think, I do know... Mm-hmm. One GM of our of our mutual acquaintance, uh, listener Lee Donovan, has a hundred and twenty five <laughs> characters. <laughs> oh my gosh! In, right. in their personal account, uh, uh, like, and Lee, how many of them has he played? Oh, maybe as many as two. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. So that that high thirties in millions isn't necessarily representative of what's actually going on in the sort of game space. No, but, but it, um, it still could be in the three hundred or thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming a one percent. Um, anyway, I was saying <laughs> before we before we got uh, distracted there, the, um, they posted some stats about Ooh. which classes are the most popular. 
Nice. Uh, so, uh, the most popular classes, I, I reckon you can guess this. Is it fighter? Yeah. It's fighter. Yeah. It's a bit fighter. <laughs> can, you well, like fighters. can you guess the next ones, though? Uh, wizard. I think they're as yeah. you'd expect, but maybe with one exception. Fighter, wizard, rogue. I think ranger's got to be in there. Ranger's, yeah. high. ranger's a good one. Yeah. Uh, rogue, I reckon. Rogue, would be in yeah. There. I would say rogue. You know we are. I'm putting rogue. my money on rogue. <laughs> yeah. Rogue is the second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we've got, surprisingly, Warlock. Ooh. Mm. Oh. Everybody but, likes uh, their which... little bonds with the devil. Awesome. Yeah. It's oh, kind of, it seems to have replaced. Eldritch Blast. Yeah, it's, it's kind of replaced <laughs> the wizard slot. Because then you've got cleric afterward. So when you go fight a rogue, warlock, cleric, you've got your four traditional D&D, what do you call them, roles, I guess? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Classes. Um, We call them classes, actually. Yes. (laughs) 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 Rush, you should make notes of this. This is interesting. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Classes. That's not quite Ooh. what I meant, but... <laughs> I know what you meant, I know what you meant. Half and rolls sort of thing. They each have a specific niche that they're trying to fill. Absolutely, yeah, I'll just, I'll just cover a few here. Man. You, you keep rolling. <laughs> anyway. Banana, it's early for us. They've been up for like five more hours than us. Yeah, yes, this is true. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to make excuses for people. Right, so yeah, yeah. Well, I'm huge. ready for my afternoon nap, to be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get you a glass of milk, a hot toddy, it's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, warlocks are actually really versatile. You can do all sorts of things. They've got lots of customization, and there's not so much re- resource management. Mm, and yeah. At the end of the day, Eldritch Blast. They appeal to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, after after those four, pretty much everything's pretty much on a par. That's yeah, interesting. Like six or seven percent. Six or seven percent of 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 characters. Um, and obviously the the free um, subclasses. They've got the list of all the subclasses, the mm. most popular. I won't go into them now because there's just tons of them. But yeah. each one of them, they've got the list of the top three uh, most popular subclasses for that um, for that class. And obviously, I, I'm not sure that data is very useful because the free subclasses and the basic yeah. rules are the top ones in pretty much every example because yeah, they yeah. would be right. Yeah. So mm. I'm not I'm not sure how useful that data is. Unless they separated out the free and the paid ones. Yeah, and even then, you don't have to have a pay-for-account to use D&D Beyond. It's like someone says... Yeah, but to campaign. access some of the subclasses you do, because they've got microtransactions for them, don't they? Ah, well, so, you can either pay for it yourself, or if someone invites you to the game and they bought the stuff... Well, there's that. They've got content sharing, and then you can just make as many characters in their game as you like, really. Yeah, um, such an interesting I mean, thing. The monetization yeah, it, of it—that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's how how it, how all the sharing works and so forth. It's all huh. very confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and the you... different platforms and making them work properly and getting them to talk to each other. That's yeah. Yeah. Should we, should uh, we move off D and D now? I think D and D has dominated our attention for long enough, hasn't it? It's D and dominated <laughs> it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> do you remember the Root RPG yeah. based on the board yeah. game from Magpie? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's free RPG day soon, is it? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. this weekend or next weekend? Saturday. It's oh. this weekend. It's tomorrow so or today when this goes out. Oh, okay. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's free RPG day now. Then. 
Or uh, in the past, depending on when you're listening to us. Well, yes. <laughs> Assuming, yeah. <laughs> not anyway. everyone listens to it. Unbelievably, not everyone listens to it on the 25th of July. I'm sure okay. they do. I'm sure everybody does. Well, not everyone listens to it on the 25th of July because they listen to it on other dates. But not everyone's going to listen to this podcast on the 25th of July. I don't know why. Like <laughs> some of them want to save it for Monday, get, get some through the week. Mm. I say, whatever gets you through the week. Anyway, Root RPG. There is a new kickstart. Uh, quick start, Ooh. even not kickstart. Uh, quick you, start. A nice. quick start, which is uh, available for free RPG days. So if you pop on down to your local gaming store, if they're participating, you may be able to pick that up. Cool. Mm. Oh wow! Fantastic. Cool. Um, I don't really know the game well. Do I? Do any of you guys know it better than me? I mean, I only know that it's great. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> that's that's all I keep hearing from Patrick uh, Patrick Leader, who is from Leader Games. So oh, he's he keeps sweet. telling me. I like him. Yeah. He keeps telling me how awesome it is. So I just nice. I just believe him because I mean, what's yeah. not to the, the only thing I know he's is he's incredible. You, you play as animals, yeah. don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Is this yeah. the asymmetric one where there's like a, yeah. a variety of different factions? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, the board game is supposed to be absolutely amazing. So it is a great guess... game. It's it's probably my top game of whatever year it was published in. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, that's how good it was for me. I liked it yeah. a lot. And the thing yeah. is, I, I liked it a lot because I did not like Vast. And Patrick, if you're listening, I didn't like Vast. Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> he, he probably knows that already because I'm sure I've told him before. You've heard it here first. World exclusive. Wow. <laughs> that's going to be the title of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Send it not like Vast. <laughs> No, 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 we've got to punch it up. Send hates fast. Yeah. You can send your emails to send at. <laughs> don't email us. No, we don't want to. <laughs> um, so the Root RPG hasn't come out yet, I don't believe. No. Oh. I think it's upcoming mm-hmm. still. Yeah. So this, okay. this is going to be the first look at the game, but it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, I do believe. Oh, I believe really? it is. Uh, I believe it is. I believe uh, it's, uh, oh. yeah, I think it's a hack. So it's going to be all playbooks and so forth and mm-hmm. yeah. different. Yeah. But according classes. to this, this quick start, you get a look at the game's core mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get uh, some pre-gened characters mm-hmm. and a, a new clearing filled with adventure. Yeah. So in the game, clearings are where each of the factions can like build a little right. place, like a, like a hamlet and whatever other stuff. So yeah. each clearing is a part of the forest where the animals congregate to live and do their right. thing. Well, this clearing is called Peleniki Glade. Ooh, that sounds, sounds lovely. Sounds lovely, yeah. I, I go visit. Picnic. Right? It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a scenic, scenic tourist destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many of us like pre-painted plastic sci-fi miniatures? Oh, Pink honestly, somebody up. was just looking for that. Oh, well, somebody was come li- by. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, somebody I, was literally I, I, working for pre-painted sci-fi miniatures for a game they're making. Yeah, I, oh. I, I love sci-fi games, and I'm, oh. I'm, I quite like miniature-based games. Oh. And uh, sci-fi pre-painted cheap sci-fi pre-painted plastic miniatures. Unless you get those, do you remember the Wizards of the Coast Star Wars ones? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did for yeah. like ten years ago. So there's loads and loads of those on the second-hand market that you can still pick up off eBay or at conventions. Mm-hmm. But buy, but buying them now is really, really hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but Paizo Publishing is here to save the day. Oh, with oh, first Starfinder. Oh, yeah. Is that what? Uh, so, uh, yeah. Nice. yeah. 
Exciting. A pre-painted so, lion for Starfinder. I get yeah, it. and I'm going to be buying all of these every single one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they found their mark. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's two customers they got going on. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I also buy all of their um, uh, their flip mats as well. Mm. Which yeah. is on what is two sided yeah. and it's like poster yeah. size and you flip them over and they're always just really good. Well, like one side's a space station and the other side is a desert or something. Or yeah, so it's a know. good map nice. to use. Yeah, yeah. nice yeah. and generic, so, but enough hooks in it to. Yeah, I've got like twenty of those. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> so how many <laughs> miniatures really does it come maps. with? Uh, so let's have a look. Let's have a look. Are they like so, little box sets of them, like five? Or yeah. Something? So oh, there's a galactic okay. villains pack. It's got mm-hmm. six miniatures. Mm-hmm. And these are an Eon Guard, a Diasporan space pirate, Ooh. a patrol class security robot, oh, a Necrovite. Sounds... Ooh, I like that. A space goblin zapperator. Mm. That does sound quite good. A contemplative. I don't know what that I, is. I don't, I, I, I'll, I, have I, to, I'll have to think about it. I'll have to think about that one. You have inspiration, okay. <laughs> Oh, these are horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. horrible. So we've also got um, the Galactic Heroes pack, and that's Ooh, got six like that. more. And this one I have an Android Xeno Seeker, Cassitha Thaumaturge, mm. uh, I'm assuming Lashanta and Cassitha and stuff uh, uh, planets uh, systems culture no I, I think they're species species in, uh, I'm not sure that makes sense I, I'm sure yeah, they yeah. are yeah okay oh, um, I need well, to play Starfinder again I but... do need to play Starfinder yeah I do oh. yeah. Uh, La Shunter Mercenary Commando Ooh. a Shiren Soldier uh-huh. a uh, I don't know how you pronounce this Y-S-O-K-I I- I mean, this is going to be an absolutely fascinating podcast for us where you read off a list of names (laughs) and we get to listen to you try and pronounce words. Yes, but but Starfinder (laughs) fans who are listening to this podcast will know what these words mean, unlike us. They are are meaningful to some people. They are just not meaningful to us. (laughs) So if you don't know know Starfinder, why would Starfinder fans listen to this podcast? These are because questions that I need to answer. People who listen to our podcast love all RPGs. Oh, I see. I get it now. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like an RPG news podcast. It's like we're not a D&D news podcast, we're not a Pathfinder news podcast. Yes. We're like RPGs. Right, generic. Like, Got it. Good. Yeah. All the RPGs. Also, I like to think more universal rather than yeah. generic. Oh, yeah. also, I don't think generic's yeah. a bad word. Uh, it, it can mean. Also, I'm features. very sure I would love Starfinder mm-hmm. should I play it. Where yeah. were we? Anyway, them, them, they, those miniatures, they exist. You can buy them. Mm. Cool. Mm. And there will be more in the future, apparently, according to this news article I'm looking at. That's cool. How and exciting. I will buy so, all of them. So you and Sen's mate are super happy by this news. How's all the people liking Starfinder and Minis? Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Are you familiar with the uh, Lords of the Middle Sea board game? No, I am not. Oh. Wait, what? Am I? I am not either. No. None of us are. Excellent. Okay. Well, well, um... Gripping. This, this board game that none of us are f- uh, familiar with was published in 1978. That's probably oh, okay. why. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is possibly, this is possibly yeah. why. I mean, yeah. it was alive then. Um, so. Oh, it's Chaosium. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So they are now, uh, Chaosium is now publishing a Laws of the Middle Sea RPG based on that board game. Cool. Cool, nice. Is it, is it like uh, piratey? It's, let's have a look. It is a so, war, well, the board game like is... Kingy? No, this is post-apocalyptic ruins of... A flooded North America. Oh, so Waterworld. 
Shut oh, up. I, so, I love Wonder World. I know you do. Oh my god. This is this my world of the <laughs> I absolutely love Waterworld. I am totally getting this. <laughs> you just made a sale for Chaosium. There you go. Oh, yes. well, I was gonna say this is funny because they're also doing Seventh C now, so this is like a yeah. weird crossover. Mm-hmm. I don't Perfect know. Well, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe that's why. Chaosium, if you need maybe. someone yeah, to maybe. work on your Waterworld RPG, hit me up. <laughs> I'm just glancing through it. It's using a version of their basic role-playing system. Are they powering 7th C with? No, they're not. Yeah. That's totally, oh, 7th totally C would be its own system. Yeah. yeah. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, they've also got Rivers of London coming up soon, haven't they? Yes. Oh. In the next few months, I believe. <sighs> Sorry. I'm so excited for it, but uh, at the same time, I'm not sure how you'd make it work. Uh, Rivers of London is a series by Ben Aronovich, which is set following the adventures of a sort of a magic police constable, uh, Peter Grant. Um, I am pretty familiar with it because I keep on listening to it on audiobook. Uh, A bit like Harry Dresden, but he actually works for the police rather than doing whatever Harry Mm. does. (laughs) Property damage, mostly. But there there are a lot of similarities. Anyway, look quite good. I have I have never read it. I suspect that probably I won't. But I'll, I'll I'll put it on the I'll put it on the list of things I might get to one day once I've got to all the other million things <laughs> that I keep saying I'm going to get to. I, I thoroughly recommend the audiobook. Uh, Cobner Holbrook Smith does an amazing piece of art. So anyway, this uh, Laws of the Middle Sea RPG yeah. um, is described as a futuristic proto steampunk setting. Okay. Um, settlements are rare. Uh, the world is beginning to recover from the environmental catastrophe, and the technology ranges from steamships to hidden high-tech marvels from the generation just before the collapse. Mm. Sounds so. Yes, nice. like you say, Waterworld the Waterworld the RPG. Mm-hmm. I would not have got that from the name Kickstarter. <laughs> uh. well, it's not. It's not. It's not a Kickstarter. Just to, oh, uh, that's right. At least that's the next segment. As yet, right? it's not. A, as yet, it's not a Kickstarter. Yes. I shall try and remember this, uh, and in about three months' time, this will be a question I'll be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Waterworld, fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, that's very, that's pretty novel, actually. Good work, Chaosium. Hey, we have to jump back to D&D momentarily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just discovered, when I say I've just discovered some new news, I actually posted this earlier today, so I just forgot that I posted it. Um, but this is some previews of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Oh, how exciting. Ooh. So it's only three little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them are art pieces, and one is a little excerpt. So the art pieces, the first one is an art piece by David Sladek, and it's of what looks like a, a you know, a helmless horror. Oh, yeah. Uh, but a wizard has put their brain inside a jar on top of it. Okay. Ooh. So Ooh. you've got this picture of this sort of spiky suit of armor mm-hmm. with a great big spiky sword mm-hmm. with no head. And then a wizard and then brain. on the top of the head, yeah, there's this oh, wow. jar just yeah. with a brain just floating in the liquid in the jar. Interesting. Ooh, that sounds amazing. It does, it does look quite cool, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of um, like, uh, it sort of reminds me, it's, so it's basically like it's 90, 99% Chaos Warrior and then there's a brain in a jar on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is pretty much how it's rolling. Lots of spikes yeah. and so forth. Very ornate. Lots of spikes, yeah. Uh, All the spikes. Uh, All the spikes. Interesting. Yeah. Wait. Mm, what? Sorry, I just scrolled down. 
Oh, uh, the arts by Claudio Pogas. The arts by Claudio Pogas. David Slater for the castle, yeah. Claudio Pogas is the Ring of Warmth, which looks awesome. And then I just saw a scroll of Tarasque summoning. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I read about that yesterday. Yeah, so I this like is that. when you basically want to set off a nuclear bomb, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a city destroying... And also, interesting, hostile towards all creatures other than itself. So you use oh, wow. a scroll to summon the Tarasque, but it's not on your side. Yes. Well, you know, sometimes you'd want to break your game really hard. And you don't want to use a deck of many things because you're not yeah. happy. So you break up like for yeah, It's definitely just like a campaign ending device. This. It's, it's, it's definitely end something. Right. <laughs> 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 It'll definitely end something. Like your lives. Nah, you, just, yeah. you just fly. I was like, well, that looks unfortunate. I think, That's I think true. The, only bonus, the only good thing about it is you can make it appear up to a mile away from you. Okay. Okay. Which I suppose helps, because if you make it appear right next to you, you're going to be eaten first, I guess. Yay. It's like having oh, a wow. rocket launcher with a nuclear missile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> is there really a safe distance? <laughs> scroll of Tarasque summoning. You summon it, and I guess you just run. I just found yeah. this picture of, like, three kobolds in a trench coat, and I feel so oh, represented yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, quite frankly, that's the most important news to come out. <laughs> The whole of this year. Well, so I'm, I'm honestly surprised. It. I was waiting for you guys to talk about My Little Pony, actually. <gasps> Getting there. Oh, see? Tales of Equestria. Is this new Tales of Equestria or is this something different? No. Uh, we, can do we, we, we have mentioned oh, it briefly on the podcast yes, before. But, um, Dungeons right, and Cutie Marks. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to find a new Cutie Marks and Dragons. I have scrolled I past it and I can't find it Dungeons and Cutie Marks would be a different product altogether. Yeah, pretty much. Right, here we go. So, we have mentioned it before, but this is a sort of better look at it. This is Ooh. the D&D and My Little Pony crossover. <laughs> um, I'm given to understand that Cutie Marks is a line that covs things Cutie other than D&D. No, Cutie, Cutie Marks are... All the all of My Little Pony so characters <laughs> have have little marks on their hip. Yeah. Right. That, that, that's their Cutie Mark. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Do you know anything about this banana, or is just the concept very exciting for you? Just the concept. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing that our friends at Watsi haven't like leaked this to us. Be to be honest, because yeah, how do we not figure <laughs> this like, out? <laughs> right. This is like totally on brand for like ninety nine percent of our friends, and we're like, <laughs> oh, somebody has been holding out on us. Somebody is living up to their NDA. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, good for them. I, I right? mean, not that I'm bad at NDAs, just. Saying, <laughs> this is great. Good job. We're all we're, we are also very astute at following our NDAs. Banana and I are. Yes, yes, we are very good at the NDA game. Just for the record, yeah. you like to say, okay, no, we're inside. Yeah, yep. I am under no NDAs for anything. I am pleased to say, so I can say anything I like. There you about go. Anything. Yeah. Then again, I don't know anything, so that doesn't help. There you no, go. That's true. <laughs> well, that's why we're on news podcasts because no one tells us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this uh, My Little Pony thing uh, so you get five ponies Ooh. each one's inspired by a D&D class okay. they're 4.5 inches and they wear soft removable outfits they do oh they have like little cloaks and stuff banana. oh that's yeah. adorable and, and you get and you get an exclusive D20 yeah it's very big and very pink oh it doesn't look oh, as yeah, so I see yes it's not as My Little Pony as I thought it would be. Oh, I'm sorry to say that. But I mean, what, like, what, what, 
How it's... could they My Little Pony fire it further? Well, With it's not di- pink enough. <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. I see. <laughs> Okay, needs more pink, okay. Well, yeah. the D20 is pink, at least. <laughs> is the D20 pink and fluffy? No, it's not no, fluffy. It's not. fluffy. <laughs> it is pink. Well, is it all rolls? So that's something. How would, yeah. that, how would that work? How would a fluffy dice work? I mean, work? it wouldn't not don't, work. Don't it just wouldn't. with your quibble stories. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing, you know, Kitty Marks and Dragons, do you really care if your D20 is rolling fair? <laughs> Do you? Are, are, are you implying that people who play this are less serious gamers? I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it's less serious. I'm I saying just... that the aesthetic of a fuzzy pink die might be more important <laughs> than the die rolling true, which you will never know unless you do hundreds and hundreds of tests of that die, or two, or three. Yeah. True. Or submerge it in a yeah. um, super saturated salt solution and put some water on top. But then it'll probably just sink because it'll be oh, well, real sad and salty. Fuzzy, so yeah, yeah, that sounds far but, too scientific and far too much like work. Yes, to be I, honest, I just can't go rolling it lots of times and recording the sort. Like, nah. I'm still sold. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah, we seem to be sending you loads of stuff today. Her <laughs> <laughs> <Our> wallet. <laughs> it's time. Our favorite game, it's time to play the game. Our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Oh, right, let's go and play our favorite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. So, <laughs> Banana, you've not played this game before. No, so I have not. We'll let, we'll let Peter go first and you'll yes. see how it works. It's, it's fairly well, simple. This is how not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> basically i will read out the name of a kickstarter yes. peter will try and guess what it is and then i'll give him a score based yes. on how accurate he is and the score is entirely fair it's scientifically calculated and uh-huh. indisputably logical oh yeah absolutely not, not whimsical <laughs> capricious or arbitrary in any way <laughs> all right then peter are you ready i was born ready let's do this you can show banana how how to play the game so or how not to play it. That's, that's or my how sense. not to play the game, as the case may be. Your Kickstarter is mm-hmm. Monster Care Squad. Ooh, interesting. That's an interesting set of words. Is Monster Care, like, all one word? No, three words. Monster Care mm-hmm. Squad. Hmm. So it could be monsters that care about you, and you're playing as a group of monsters, and, like, you're trying to look, at, look after people. But you know what I think would be more like t- interesting? Like Teletubbies, is that? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. It's basically your, your Teletubbies, but like, you know, the Wolfman or something is coming in, like, just delivering you, like, a little care package to your door. But I think what would be even more interesting is if we go, like, I don't know, sort of, like, vaguely... This sort of reminds me of, like, vague ge- games that I've played on the Nintendo Wii. Um, so, essentially, what you are is you're a group of doctors and nurses... Or, well, actually, no, you're not doctors and nurses. You're veterinarians, let's be honest here. And your job <laughs> is to find monsters that have boo-boos, that have owies. And your job is to look after them and uh, and, and make sure that they feel better. Because uh, you're, you, 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 you're the monster's care squad. And like, yeah, that, that's what you're going about. You're tracking down monsters and you're looking after them and tucking them up in bed and giving them a nice cup of tea. Wow. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that rarely happens. <laughs> no one is more surprised than me, right? <laughs> so you pay as, you pay as uh, elite vets equipped with the knowledge to heal any wound, 
given oh. enough time and preparation, you travel an amazing uh, Miyazaki-esque world, going oh. from town to town yep. to find monsters infected with the false gold, oh. diagnose their illnesses, craft cures, and heal their minds and bodies. Oh, that's adorable. Which is exactly what you said. <laughs> Peter, you have to you score one million points. <laughs> Woo-hoo. I didn't even have to write a game to do it. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I am sorry, Mr. Werewolf, you have alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Banana, you are going to struggle to catch up with that. Oh, You're just no. taking a strong oh, lead with a million points. I swear, I thought it was going to be like a daycare for monsters where like adult monsters drop off their baby monsters. <laughs> 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 That's probably the sequel. I, I, I think there's like an untapped market. <laughs> this is bubbling up the collective id. It's like saying, yes, should look after them. Don't break in and kick, kick them oh. and kill, the, kill them and t- steal their stuff. <laughs> give them all the calves to like, oh. rip up in blankets. Imagine okay. nap time. <laughs> okay, then, Banana, you have one million points to beat. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, no pressure, Russ. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> and your Kickstarter is Necro Nautilus. This is unfair because I know this. Oh. I know. Tell who- Peter. Is this world? Uh, this is world champ games, right? Yes. It okay. Is. So actually, now that I think about it, I realize that I forgot to read the description for it. I just backed it because I had cool art. But the cool art is tie dye yes. and it's rainbow <laughs> and it's got a skull. And um, I'm going to guess that it has something to do with marine biology mixed with um, summoning a old god. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adam Vass, if you're listening to this. I know this is your game. I did back it. I, I just don't It's right. You've given him the money already. It's fine. <laughs> that, that's a lot Put of it this way. If you're willing to hand over your money sight unseen... That's <laughs> That, that's quite quite a quite a compliment. Yeah. So, so so what this is is yeah. um, uh, catalog new planets in a dead galaxy. Learn powerful magical words and remember who you once were. You act as souls bound to clouds of noxious gas, exploring a universe outside of time, consisting of planets full of creatures who ended up there when they died. Ah. There was a reason why so, I backed so, this. I knew this. Totally. <laughs> this is like more the Nautilus has like Captain Nemo submarine, really, rather well, than like the shell. Well, its influences are Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, okay. music by Spirit Adrift, Ghost, or Black Sabbath. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I, I, we'll, we'll just nod. Yes. Yeah. I know who these people are. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's got a week to go. It's well-funded. Yeah. It's done $19,000 out of its $2,500 goal. So it's okay. doing incredibly well. Um, so how how to score you on that? So <laughs> you backed it. But, <laughs> but I forgot why. <laughs> oh, wait, it's because Adam's on it. <laughs> because Adam is so cool, I backed it. <laughs> I had all smart. Yes, and yeah. the art's incredible. Well, I think you get bonus points for backing it. So you're going to get double yes. points for backing it. But unfortunately, you did score only one out of ten for your description. So... 
<laughs> I think Peter's leading a million to two at the moment, which is unheard of, to be fair. Yeah, it's pretty pretty unusual. I mean, but it's only a 999,998-point lead. And honestly, in this game, that's not as big as it sounds. Yeah. We can, we can sort that out. Let's do one more. Let's do let's do one more each. Then, <laughs> we can we can we can flip that around, yeah. So, Peter, yes. what is the book of corals? C O R A L S. Corals. The book of corals. Corals. C O R A L S. So, yes. like the marine organism. Yes. Um. Are you sure this is an RPG? Yes. <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I would check. I assure you, it is an RPG. To my shirt today, and decided to throw in like something completely. Okay, it's going all face sea creature today. Yes, um, no, it's not an old biology textbook. I found it is in fact an RPG. And you're sure on that? I okay. am sure. Okay, I promise. <laughs> it's Kickstarter as well. Okay, the book of corals. Um, to me, um. Like, I mean, obviously, coral grows wherever it grows, which is generally warmer water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I suppose technically, we could the biggest marine organism is like the Great Barrier Reef. But uh, for me, coral, it really has to be about the Caribbean. Um, and so when we're seeing the Book of Corals, it's sort of like maybe it's something for Seventh Sea, and it's like all about underwater exploration and the coral kingdoms that come with it. Because uh, if you've not got like like shallow warm water with like coral reefs growing up, and that says pirates to me. Like I don't know, I'm just basic that way. Um, so sort of like I'm going to say Seventh Sea because I don't, can't think of any of the pirate themed systems that are going on. I've never played it unfortunately, but yeah, that's that. And it's all about the magical underwater kingdoms and maybe a crab. Not bad, not bad. Tell you about life under the sea. I give you seven out of ten for that. Woohoo! Which gives you a score of a million and seven. So what this is... It's a good day. <laughs> um, this is an anthropomorphic fantasy mm-hmm. role-playing campaign mm-hmm. where you play dolphins and lizards and Komodo dragons and orcas and parrots and things. Oh, my uh, days. With careers Just like... Just look at Banana's face. It's R.I.P. your wallet. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> with careers like pearl divers and demolitionists. Uh, and things Uh, and you yeah you explore submerged cities and pirate colonies and mysterious ruins and dangerous jungles oh wow oh my gosh I want this (laughs) (laughs) so do you yet another thing (laughs) Uh, and and poor old Lee is actually planning a game that sounds a lot like this so yeah (laughs) okay It does actually oh, look yeah. kind of fun, yeah. That, that it's, uh, amazing. Looking at the art, the artwork is very sort of comic booky, cartoony. Okay. Yeah, um, it's got what looks like I think a lion in a pirate's hat and uh, a cat maybe with a bottle of rum. Maybe I'm not entirely <gasps> sure on a. Oh. <laughs> well, sorry, I've had to edit out the screen noises. I said the, I, I said the word cat, and Peter immediately backed it. Basically, you, you, can sell any, you can sell anything to Peter just putting the word You can't prove it. that. It was the lion pirate hat. <laughs> <laughs> the guy the bottle of rum is, is, is bogus. I've got a monkey. 
<laughs> like you can't do shots worth anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, so right, last one. Set. Last one for Banana. So on, uh, the score is currently <laughs> 1 million and 7 to 2. So you only have to score 1 million and 5 points here. I'm going to aim for 3 points on this one. Constant <laughs> nice. improvement. And a great okay. to come back. So this one is by, this one's actually by a friend of mine. Someone I know. Uh, it is called When Shadows Fall. Okay. That can be very vague. I'm going to say that it's a... Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say that it's a game about uh, speaking to the dead. So maybe sort of like some kind of mediumship game uh, mm-hmm. where you are... Uh, trying to commune with spirits. Hmm. It's not that. Damn it. But I like the idea. I like the idea. I'm so working I'll give on you your five like I'll, I'll give you your five points for that. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what this is, is a post-apocalyptic horror role-playing game. Oh. Wow. It's set in a post-apocalyptic UK. Uh, all the power oh. stations have been destroyed by a strange fog that's drifting across the land and this shadow alters as it moves and it corrupts and twists the earth as it moves and whole Ooh. communities of people are disappearing or they're forever mutated and this mist seems to be kind of sentient and those left alive have to live this nomadic life to keep away from the shadow or okay. live in high-rise buildings above it. Yeah, yeah, keep out, that's keep cool. out of the fog. Yeah. That is uh, amazing. Yeah, this is by Neil Latham, who uh, I used to game with. Uh, I was Ooh. in a gaming group with him and Angus O'Branson back a few years back, Ooh. and we played an awful lot of Call of Cthulhu, Ooh. which was fun. So, yeah, that looks like that's the end of our favourite game in all the world. Unfortunately, Peter's won, which <laughs> I hate. I must have lost as well. I don't know how this happened. I hate it when that happens, but... Uh, it's virtually unprecedented. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought those games you were talking about, they sounded pretty good. You should you should write some of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, we, can we quickly revisit last week, Peter, where I seem to recall that you would res- retrospectively get a million points if you were to write yeah. a game based on the idea that you came up with, and I believe you yeah. have done that. Yes, that's correct. Yes. I've so been posting on Facebook and have... onto the Discord group uh, <laughs> because, you know, I wanted my million points. Yes, so <laughs> I, I, I have to keep my word. Retrospectively... Yeah. You didn't specify what quality I didn't of say it had to be a good used. game, you're correct. And I didn't yeah. say it Which had to be a long game. Really. So, <laughs> <laughs> you have done this. So retrospectively, you have won last week's favourite game in the world because you've just got a million points retrospectively so um, well done (laughs) and for those who are listening if you want to see the game that Peter has written check out our Facebook book Facebook group or our Discord and it'll be there yeah I wouldn't make a special trip but yeah um, it's definitely (laughs) there it's definitely a game (laughs) okay are we ready to start our new campaign? I've been prepping this one for weeks. I've got my dice. I've got my character sheet. I'm ready to roll. Good, good. Okay, so you have received a mysterious message. Oh, no. I know how this goes. Let me guess. An ornate wax seal and a messenger impatiently awaiting our reply. 
Well, yes, the old parchment is clearly from somebody important, and the messenger is wearing an expensive uniform of some kind. Clearly noble attire. Stop! Come on, mate. We can do better than the old summoned by the king trope, can't we? Fine, fine. I have an alternate start here. Okay. You are in a forest. Looking around, you see the sun setting. You are dressed in unusual clothing, but you don't remember why. In fact, you can't even remember who you... Hold it. Classic amnesia trope. Surely, after prepping for weeks, you've got something more original up your sleeve? <sighs> Tough crowd. Okay, right. Well, let's go with... Yes. You are locked in a prison cell. You have no weapons or equipment, and you... <sighs> demanding lot you are, aren't you? Okay, okay. You can hear the sound of the town guard shouting for you to stop as you flee headlong towards the city gates. In media res. Again. <sighs> Loved one kidnapped by a necromancer. Cliché. Bandits terrorising a small village. Aren't they always? Caravan needs an escort. As usual. Rats in the cellar. Oh, come on, mate. We're adventurers, not pest control. <sighs> Shadow falling across the realm. Been there, done that. Cultists. No. Nope. Zombies. No. Nope. Abandoned mine. No, 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 no. Look, you're not making this very easy, you know. Look, if we can't play something a little more original... I'm off to play Dreaming of Cthulhu the Shining instead. Well, do you have any better ideas? As a matter of fact, I do. Fine! Then you run the bloody game! Okay, I will. Alright, alright, alright. So, um, you're, um, um, you're in a tavern. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys That's us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for, uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Um, mm. And then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Let's talk, let's talk a bit about your current Kickstarter, which is absolutely killing it on Kickstarter right now. It's, oh. I'm looking at it in pounds, so uh, you're seeing it in dollars, but it's £52,000. 
or I guess that's somewhere around $65,000 for, uh, and I've got to get the pronunciation correct, uh, is it a Jiangshu? Jiangshu. Blood in the blanket. Close Close to, yeah, close to. Yeah, close yeah. 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 yeah, there you go, that's better. Hopping vampires. Yeah. Hopping vampires, yeah. So I think Mendez mentioned this when he came on our show three or four weeks ago. He better, yeah. we paid yeah. him. It was. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, he did pay him as a cultural consultant. He, he, called me yesterday. he called me yesterday and said the check hasn't arrived. <laughs> 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 Scandal. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to, to be fair, that's sort of how... Because I've been searching for this game. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, I actually asked Angus, could you order this game in for me? And like, he's not got back to me, probably because he's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and yeah. I found out the Kickstarter hadn't even launched yet. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. the Kickstarter has now launched. It has launched. Uh, it yeah. has now launched. It's doing incredibly well. And it's an RPG based yeah. on, uh, so the 1920s? Yes. Yeah. Is that right? In, in the US with Chinese immigrants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. running a restaurant, a family restaurant. Then at night, uh, the Zhang uh, the, Shu, uh, the hopping vampires come out at night yeah. and attack the the players and their customers. Is that a... Yeah. It's a good summary. Yeah, it's a the day, and, and then deal with uh, hopping vampires at night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fair. Very historically accurate. Yes, super historical. <laughs> yeah. But we do have a history part in the book, like that goes over mm-hmm. like all the history that talks about like you know the 1920s and what it was like at the time, yeah. and like the Chinese Exclusion oh, yeah. Act and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you know the Jiangshu. That's like something that we just added on because we figured it's sort of like this physical manifestation of like all the, the family's fears and like all the terrible things that have happened. So it's sort of like an allegory. Oh, I, I just thought it's because you thought they were cool. Uh, they are that, cool. That's much better reason. Also that. <laughs> so it reminds me a little of a board game. I guess it's kind of, uh, it's definitely influenced by both board games and RPGs yeah. in that you actually have, a board which you put cards on during play. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, so the, the the cards are basically given out as penalties, usually, and they cover up slots on your character cards, or your character sheets, sorry, or the restaurant board uh, to prevent you from using the abilities that are now covered by those cards. So when you take damage oh. or stress, you'll lose abilities from your characters or abilities from the restaurant. So the restaurant's mm. basically a, another character in the game, to be honest. So. Right, mm-hmm. right. So would, would that be sort of like you're sort of losing your sense of self as yes! you become as yes! you're attacked by vampires? Yeah, it's like you understand <laughs> us. <laughs> wow, <that's> amazing. <laughs> it's exactly yes. it. The last yeah. thing yeah, you lose, right. the last thing you lose as a character is your hopes and dreams. Right, and the last yeah. thing you lose as the restaurant is the physical location of the restaurant. Like it's like it no, right. it no longer existed. You guys ran it into the ground or didn't no. couldn't do the work to keep it up, so the city condemned it or something like that. That's sort of the end <laughs> and tale, as right? The characters die; they become Jiangshu themselves. Yes, they do. Yes, so they don't actually die. Um, so you become the Jiangshu, but you can get healed back by your family members. Uh, but oh, okay. if you wanted to be like a Jiangshu, you can. The only issue is that if the cards get covered up on the restaurant board and it does go into decay, then that's one of the ways that the game can end. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So you've got two phases. You've got a day phase yep. and you've got a night phase mm-hmm. and the game is played over a number of days. So a kind of a set period. Is that, is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, I tried to remember. I did read the Kickstarter page 
<laughs> and I tried to remember all this. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's a lot to remember. Yeah. yeah so yeah. <laughs> it's organized like a. You could do it as a you know blockbuster one shot or a. We call it like a mini series as opposed to a campaign. Mm. It's not really mm. a campaign. Like your characters actually don't improve. Like there's no XP or anything like that. Right. Yeah, it's, but you don't need character development to roleplay. No, exactly right. Yeah, you can have like you know personal development as a character. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, shocking. <laughs> shocking. Uh, and that's that's really what this is about. This is this is more about the stories of this the family. Uh, not oh. you as a character improving, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how, how does how does the sort of mechanics work in the sense of what's what's the sort of process of play? So, sort of say say you take one day and yeah. you yeah. say on the restaurant say say on the restaurant side of things. Yeah. So on yeah. the first day, um, say it takes about like. Most one shots take about two or three days to play. Uh, if you're doing yeah. like a mini series, that's more like five days. Uh, and so on the first day, you get you know a number of dice. Uh, usually, it's about like five d eights or six d eights, depending on like you know what kind of one shot or mini series you want to play. And uh, as the days go down, you're playing from this pool, but the pool goes. Uh, it goes down in dice. So like uh-huh. say for the first day you have like 68s, the second day you'll have five and it keeps going down uh-huh. and down because you're getting more and more stressed when you're rolling from this pool of dice, you're rolling all of them. And then uh-huh. the fours that you roll cancel out uh-huh. the highest number because four in Chinese numerology is bad luck. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It sounds like death. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So uh-huh. it cancels out the highest number and then your second highest number or like whatever is left over is your, is your outcome. Um, so Ooh. zeros to three, because you can get zeros if you have like multiple fours, those are bad. Those are just fails. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Four, like I mentioned earlier is like just a canceling out type of number, uh, fives to six. That's like a success, but something weird happens. Uh, so it's sort of uh, inspired Ooh. by powered by the apocalypse dice rolling. Um, and then seven to eight, mm or more, uh, that's like a really good success. Something really great yeah. happens. How does that look? Yeah. That's sort of like how the dice mechanic works uh, for mm. the day phases. So you have your morning, your afternoon, your evening, and your night. Sorry, dead of night. Um, in the morning, you have your chores that you have to go through. So each character gets, each player character gets two restaurant chore cards and you have to mm. role play them out. And if you have the time on your character sheet to complete these tasks, then you can go ahead and do it. If you don't, then that restaurant chore card covers up one of the slots on the restaurant board. So that's why, right. where the decay comes from. Um, yeah. And then you choose one of these cards to role play out for the morning. Uh, then we move into the afternoon phase. That's when the customers start coming in. That's when service starts. And you just like have to manage, you know, your time, make sure that like everyone oh. is, uh, is, you know, okay, uh, because your customers are coming in. In the evening, oh. junk should come out and, you know, the customers are still there. So you have to like make sure that the customers and junk should just oh. like don't cross over one Drops. another. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the dead of night, that's when like it's just Jiangshu and the customers have gone home because you've closed down the restaurant. Um, So that's sort of like what a day looks like, but how, you know, each thing is broken down into it's dependent on like what the GM writes out in an outline. So each phase or each section is going to have like a little outline that the GM is going to write out so that they hit these specific plot points. Ah, Okay. Hmm. I really, I really love the idea of the decay thing in a sense of the restaurant and the characters. And as you lose basically you know, traits and parts of your, 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 your identity. 
as opposed to a number counting down like hit points or something like that, mm-hmm. which sure. I'd say sort of like ninety percent of RPGs out there do. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. they do represent <laughs> a track of things, but uh, yeah. the idea of what they're tied to is is really kind of interesting. So we hmm. wanted to make sure that you know people as they as the characters got more and more stressed or injured they would lose their skills, their abilities, but still be able to talk and still have hopes and dreams. And then eventually yeah. they lose that too, right? Mm. Um, and at some point... Unless they get healed. Yes, unless they get healed. And they can also, right. yeah. they can also everybody starts off with an heirloom, which is like a family heirloom mm. that links them back mm. to their ancestry and maybe, you know, keeps them in touch with their culture. And if they choose to sacrifice that, it's mystically linked, by the way, to one of their ancestor spirits, of course. Because that happens. Mm-hmm. But if they choose to break it, they can heal themselves or other people. Right. But then they no longer have the wisdom of that ancestor to guide them. So uh, mm. it's, it's, it has that quasi-mystical feel to it. Uh, because if there's hopping vampires, you know, let's, let's yeah. just go a little bit all out here. Um, and then uh, the idea that, to me anyways, is very poignant and very kind of sad is that you know, the last thing to go and the last thing you're holding on to is hope, right? Your hopes and your mm. dreams, which are for you or your family members and how you hope that they will survive and succeed in the new world. Uh, mm. And then once that's gone, you're a cheese-sucking vampire. So there you go, right? right? So it's, 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 it's an interesting kind of transition to me. So, so tonally, there's, it seems like there's going to be a certain amount of tonal shift from like a, a vague thing of like sort of manic running around comedy in the first mm-hmm. part of the day and then shifting into sort of like a bit of a French farce with like you usher a customer out the sliding doors and shut them just as the Jiang Shi hops in the other side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then going, I, I want to, I, I want to see Peter play this game. That sounds awesome. Yeah. The idea is, is really based on uh, Mr. Vampire and that whole series mm-hmm. of, of Junction movies, which were in like the mid eighties to the early nineties. There's like four films and a bunch of spinoffs. And they are literally a combination of an, it's like an amalgamation of martial arts, but more the, uh, more mm. the stunty style of martial arts, like the yeah, acrobatic yeah, style like of martial Jackie arts. Chan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. fake, like fighting without looking like you're fighting. Um, yeah, yeah. and then horror, but really mm. like almost, almost laughable horror at a lot of points like it's like well they're like modern juncture movies like rigor mortis are legit scary um but the older ones are like kind of farcical and then yeah action comedy and horror and comedy is the last one that i missed is the the comedy part they're always you know very self uh self-deprecating humor in a lot of them Mm, like Mm -hmm. oh good it's 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 this interesting interesting combination I, of things i i was mm. getting a bit worried because whilst i do appreciate like sort of the seriousness and the tragedy mm-hmm. underlying like the and the realness of the allegory i was also quite looking forward to running this for my family uh my in-laws and so forth and quite frankly i think it's just going to be hilarious yeah and uh, i think <laughs> yeah. i think the, i think the whole thing the whole yeah. thing of the 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 without the comedy the tragedy mm. doesn't hit as hard Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if we were all mm-hmm. sad boys all the time, like Banana Chan wants us to be, we would, we would, <laughs> she, makes, she, she likes us when we're all sad. Um, you know, it wouldn't be as sad though, Banana. Come on. You gotta have the highs to accentuate the lows. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> 
Yeah. You can't always have your hair combed forwards over your face and mope around looking at your shoes. Wow. I mean, you, you can. That's like but... me on a Monday. <laughs> that's, like my, that's like my oldest son every day. So, yeah. so can, we, can we talk a little bit about the sort of cultural... Because um, when we had um, Chris Spivey on and he was talking about oh. Harlem mm-hmm. Unbound, and then we had a similar conversation with him. And uh, obviously Harlem Unbound um, is a, a, a slightly um, different approach. But um, oh. although this deals with sort of the situation that Asian Americans were in at that time period in America... Um, you do go out. You do go to pains to say this game isn't just for Asian Americans, but you do have some tips here on the on the Kickstarter page on how how people who aren't Asian Americans, how for example I, mm-hmm. uh, would, would would approach playing playing this game. Mm-hmm. Right. In terms of uh, cultural aspects, it was just interesting that we're talking to you guys, and oh. one of the pieces of pushback that we've had was actually from Chinese immigrant to the UK, which is really interesting mm-hmm. because the the Chinese uh, diaspora, which has happened for like years and years and years and years and years, mm-hmm. like over hundreds of years, um, yeah. people running away from China, basically, for, mm-hmm. for reasons very different all the time. But in the UK, uh, it was until like the mid-80s, literally when that mm-hmm. was the big deal, was like all these mainland Chinese people immigrating to the UK. For Canada mm. and the U.S., it was 1880s, like the yeah. 1870s, mm. 1880s during gold the gold rush, rush yeah. right? So yeah. we've had literally a hundred years more of Chinese people mm. here in that way, in that volume, mm. but yeah. also in a bigger space and with different cultural, temporal things happening and different relations. So, um, you know, obviously the U.K. used to own it's- and control part of... Uh, you well, know what's least, very close to yeah uh, Hong Kong yeah, yeah right uh, so yeah. it's 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 a very different relationship but they were very worried about you know is is this game is juncture sanctioning they use that word is it sanctioning racism and it's like uh, we don't see it that way we don't see it that way we value your input we think you know obviously mm-hmm. you've had some experiences. And it's a UK-based experience. This is an American-Canadian-based experience, so it might be different. We hear you, but we don't see this as sanctioning. In fact, we've mm, completely yeah. gone way out of our way to make sure that there are safety tools involved um, that are specific for racism. Uh, right. All the way from, here's how you play a Chinese character, and to a D- for the GM in the game, here's how you role play an NPC who might be racist without being racist yourself, right? Right. Without mm-hmm. saying the words, without doing the things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that's that been probably the biggest piece of, of work that Banana and I have to have to do is dealing with people of our own culture, <laughs> uh, thinking that mm-hmm. the game is potentially going to be harmful to them. And right, this is yeah. this is a truism of anything where you're making a game or a product that is supposed to teach empathy at any level is that you risk harming the people who were harmed in the first place because you have to expose the people who don't understand to situations that, you know, people like Banana and myself and this person who emailed us experience mm-hmm. like all through our life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that interesting thing and it is it a playground? No, it's a it's a it's a vehicle for learning. And yeah. I guess my response to that person would be this is that um you you have to police who's at your table, 
right? That's that's mm-hmm. kind of the bottom line is like if somebody's acting like an asshat at your table, let them know they're acting like an asshat yeah. and, mm-hmm. and deal with that there. It's not the game. It's not the mm-hmm. culture of the game. It's your table. It's that person. Uh, and that's a, that guy. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. A, that's an mm-hmm. issue for that person at that time. If the rest of the table is okay, mm-hmm. then it's that yeah. person acting weird. You might want to talk to mm-hmm. that person. Yeah. And I think for specifically like, people of color or, you know, Asian Americans, this game is meant to also create a space for them to play in. So it's Mm. not necessarily just like, you know, your typical, like, you know, I'm going to say like typically white group of players that are like going to be playing with that one POC that you like invited to the table. This is like, for you and your POC group to sort of feel comfortable in a in a space where you can play, and if you want to invite you know other players into this group, then yes, feel free to do so. But this is something that's like, you know, inherently for Asian Americans to feel comfortable at playing if it's like you know a table that's just like all Asian Americans, because there is a lot of cultural stuff, right? So there's like mm. a lot of stuff that you know in your experience you might like feel like oh. I understand this. I, you know, see this in my day to day, or I see this, you know, with my family. And this is something for them to like, you know, latch onto and feel like, oh, this is like a a fun thing for me to do. And it's going to be a very different experience between different play groups, for sure. How much, um, I mean, obviously, this kind of uh, is representative, but how how much does it deal with actual racism in play so most of the racism actually comes from the npcs so the gm would have tools to uh to moderate that so using lines and veils of course you could you know decide uh, and for people who don't know what lines and veils are uh lines are lines that you draw in the sand these are topics that we're not going to discuss not going to cross whatsoever Mm -hmm. and then veils are things that okay we could talk about but let's just like Fade to black once we're done with this. Let's like, you know, not go into the gory details or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have introduced lines and veils. We have introduced some other safety tools, but we've also introduced like the use of, uh, of how to, you know, role play out as like a, a racist NPC, for example. And we mm-hmm. have like a, a table that tells you like, you know, what do microaggressions look like? What does, you know, this other thing look like so that you can be better informed in like your real life Uh, Mm -hmm. and also while you're playing so that, you know, if players need to tap the X card or just leave, then they can. And, you know, the that all it's not that it all comes down to the GM to, you know, facilitate this. It's also Mm -hmm. like among the players. So like, you know, if there is something that's uncomfortable for you, then feel free to just be like, okay, that's that's, you know, this is my line. Let's like rewind and redo the scene. Mm. Like I said, the the racism is going to come from the NPC. So if you wanted to adjust NPCs, that's totally, you know, within the realms of this, yeah. this game. Yeah. I, would, I would have to do that quite heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the NPCs that we've written out, like we have like a few already and they're just like, you know, their names and who they are sort of like briefly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we have like examples of like what they could be saying or what they could do, but you don't have to pick Mm. all of them. You can just like, you know, Mm -hmm. pick and choose one or two of them and, Mm -hmm. you know, adjust accordingly. Yeah. 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 There's something interesting in this sort of uh, board game RPG hybrid approach, which um, I... It's quite interesting because last, last, last week we, um, we had someone on who was talking about uh, a journaling game. It was uh, Wait, it for, wait me. for Me. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
And that was I was just saying that's a type of a type of game that is new to me personally. I've never <laughs> I've, so I'm, I'm back to that Kickstarter, but it's definitely a new thing to me. But this whole uh, sort of board game RPG hybrid is also quite new to me. I realise it's not sort of like a, you know, it's not new to everybody. Yeah, people but, have been role-playing with uh, with board games for ages. Like, you know, it's pretty much yeah. the frustrated mm-hmm. role-players do. Yeah. So I think this but is so, quite a good way to get people from the vast and burgeoning uh, board game community to be like, oh, yes, this looks yeah, like a yeah. perfectly, perfectly innocent game. The next thing you know, they'll end up role-playing. It also yeah. makes for a much more structured RPG as well, doesn't mm. it? It looks like. Yeah. In that you're kind of directed to do this and then this and then this yeah. and these scenes. Yeah. Rather so, than the more free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we still have a GM. Um, so yeah. that way they know how to to structure all the events that are happening. But it's a loose outline. Um, and, you know, if the players want to go a certain way, because that's what players do. They don't want to go hunting for vampires they want to hang out at the tavern like that's Mm. totally okay too like if your players want to do that that's what they want to do um and i think that the the use of an outline because based on you know my jamming experiences at least like you know when the more stuff that you write out beforehand i feel like the less less inclined your players right the less inclined your players are going to be like oh i want to stick to the story (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's okay they can send a railroad a mile off and they're like nope Right. We're going exactly. Now. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why a session zero is also really important, like for people mm. to set expectations. Like, what do you want out of this game? What do you think is like a good way to play? Um, mm. And also, like setting, you know, the tone and all that fun stuff. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, and also like having the board game. To me, it feels like maybe this might take a bit of the intimidation factor out of uh, GMing. Because, like, once you've done a couple of hundred hours, you're like, oh, well, okay, this is too bad, I guess. But, like, the first time, it's like, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just copy what other people have done. They don't really know what you're doing. But having clear guidelines, which is one of the things which really is very important to the Power by the Apocalypse, which I think partly explains their immense popularity, is that they have very clear guidelines on what you should be doing and how you should do it. Is that the sort of thing that you're trying to design into? Yeah, we're definitely trying to do something similar. Uh, we have templates mm. for people who want to build their own, you know, preemptive scenario if they want to do it that way. We also have ways for you to play without the scenario if you don't want to, like, make your own scenario and you just want to, like, do it on the fly. That's possible, too. Uh, the interesting thing about this game, uh, or at least in my perspective, is that because it's taking place in such a small space, it's like a, you know, you're focusing so much on like this restaurant. This is the only setting that you're probably going to be predominantly playing in. Um, There's still a lot of stuff that you have to take into consideration because you're no longer thinking like, you know, okay, I go to this restaurant and I do this thing. Okay, we're done. Let's move on to the next setting. Here, because mm. there are all these little details, we have to figure out like every single thing. So, like, how's the restaurant run? What kind of food are you serving? Mm. Like, what are the customers like? Like, there are all these questions that pop up, mm. and that's something that like we have to think about a bit as well uh, when building yeah. outlines, when you know, doing templates for GMs, uh, prospective GMs to run this game. Mm. Is there scope yeah. for say? Um, I realize uh, because of the presentation of this thing being like a box set with a board and all this sort of stuff, it makes it um, kind, of, kind of set in that particular setting. But is there scope for maybe in the future other settings or other scenarios or other? Well, I'm, that something you- I'm glad you yeah. asked that question because... <laughs> 
we have several <laughs> scenarios written by guest designers uh, and guest Ooh. writers. And so okay. they're adjusting some of these scenarios to their own cultural backgrounds. So we Ooh. have a, a, a Japanese American setting that's based on, yeah. you know, an internment camp. Uh, we have Ooh. one that's uh, a Haitian American family. And I believe we also have a Filipino American family as well. Uh, mm. So those are like some of the settings that we have uh, based on other people's cultures. And we also have a cyberpunk setting that I wrote up. Oh. I forgot the, what was it called again? Noodle yeah, Runner. Right. I called it Noodle Runner. Noodle Runner. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, and then yeah, we also nice. have uh, a witchy setting that Sharon Biswas is uh, finished working wow. on. So yeah, if you want to go to you know a witchy setting, kind of vibe then this is mm. this is something that we thought about as well but were these would these require new box sets or could you use the existing box set with these new settings existing box set it's all in the scenario book so um right. all the yeah. we have two books we have the rule book the core rule book that does not mm. have any scenarios in it and then we have the scenario book uh that's in the box set, uh, everyone who's backed from like, you know, the $20 level and up, okay. they get everything. That's like the print and play. Uh, the $65 level gets you like the box set itself. Uh-huh. And the scenarios should have like a whole bunch of different ones. So the cyberpunk setting like, included the, mm. you know, the different, <laughs> the witchy like, setting as well. Well, don't, don't miss out the $90 level as well, where you can get like signed pieces of art. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so you also have we also have the the ninety dollar level, which comes with a custom cloth game mat. So Ooh. you have a regular mat, like the regular mm-hmm. restaurant board, but you also have this cloth mm-hmm. game mat that um, that you can use mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. I mean, I got I got I got to say, like, there's this whole exciting world of things which I don't know nothing about. Um, so I'd love to see like a nineteen eighties or a two thousands, like sort of like. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but instead of like being vampires and demons and what have you, it's like the what the exciting world of Chinese mythology <laughs> or like Filipino or I don't know, just depends who's got the coolest ghoulies. I mean, maybe you could just go yeah. nuts. Who knows? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, that, that would be a hell of a thing to play. And I'd love that because it's like, well, it's a vampire. I suppose we'll just stake it then. There's a hopping vampire. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have Why is it hopping. Why is the mummy hopping? I don't understand. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, there um uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can defend yourself against them, but uh staking them is not on the list, I don't believe. Ooh, okay. Um, but I think uh we have vinegar, that's one of the ways that you can defeat one. Uh if you have a rooster, a rooster's great. Rooster. Yeah, because they're scared of daylight, so if they hear a rooster, oh. they're just like, Oh, it ah. must be daytime. Ooh. Um yep. so it's sort of similar. Yeah, so, exactly. So, 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 <laughs> So if you if you had a rooster crowing as your ringtone, <laughs> that would be very confusing for them. Yeah, maybe totally initially, <laughs> probably not going to work in the 1920s setting. But yeah, oh, that's yeah. something to think about. Point. Good point. Or bring it into the modern day. <laughs> there were no iPhones in the 1920s. Must remember. <laughs> well, you, you could probably go with like you know, sort of a, again a Rivers London or Harry Dresden thing where the supernatural just breaks modern technology very hard. I think mm. that's. That's pretty important because things aren't as scary if you have mobile phones. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's how mm. sort of like this game treats the, the junction in general. It's like, you know, all the supernatural stuff is real, but no one believes it or like no one thinks it's real. So very similar to how Buffy deals with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right, so you've got three weeks left to go, just under three weeks. When this goes out tomorrow, it'll be 18 days, 19 days, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've already completely destroyed your Kickstarter goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's doing so well. Congratulations on that. It's doing Thank so you. well. And I'm so I'm so happy for you. It's brilliant. Thank you. I might have backed it. I have to say. Before we end, yeah. I just wanted to quickly call attention to my own Kickstarter because by the time next week's podcast goes out, it will have finished because it finishes oh. next Friday. One week left, seven days to go. Mythological yes. Figures and Maleficent Monsters is your last chance. I won't, you know, there won't be another podcast before this ends. It is currently at £96,807 or whatever that is in dollars, $125,000. So I want to say something along those lines. Nice. Seven nice. days to go. Super excited. It's done it, so it's, well. It's basically full of i explained for bernard because you seem impressed it is this doorstop of a book you could use it has like a melee weapon if the zombies come in you're like excellent bonk, bonk, bonk. Uh, so we use it just as a weapon the- yeah or a shield back. yeah 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 oh back 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 <laughs> i mean but you get you got he's got some serious poundage is what we're saying it's absolutely full beautifully illustrated full color um I'm excited. Uh, a variety of monsters and mythological fi- figures from all over the shop. All around the world, Actually, basically. It's real yes. world myths and legends. Yes. To uh, for very, for very cool. Um, and I, I, I think uh, and one that will be available ooh, how long after the Kickstarter finishes? So we send out the PDFs immediately. Yep. And then once the Kickstarter finishes and we know yep. how many, how big a print run we're doing, I just write a check and it's ready to print. Yes. And that's it. So, yeah. Done. So nice. straight away, straight away. There, there, wow. there is a very good chance that you could have a physical copy in your hands before the end of August. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if we're in the UK because it wouldn't have far to go. Yeah. I'm not sure what how the pandemic's affecting um, shipping to the US at the moment. Mm. I don't think it's having too bad an effect right now. No, actually, no, no. I think, I think it's pretty good. I think it's all right. But yeah, yeah so um, it, it's pretty exciting. So get them while it's hot. All right, and with that, I think that's the show. I think we're done for the day. Yes. Well, that's been absolutely fantastic to have you on with us, uh, Banana. Yeah, thank it's you so been... much for coming on. It's been, Thanks for it's having been me. great to talk to yeah. you. And I, I love the look of your Kickstarter. I cannot wait to play this game. Thank you, and I'll pretend to be Sam. Thanks for having us on this podcast. It's great talking about psychology and Canada. I hope Sam didn't listen to this. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, please do come on again sometime when your next project is ready for ready to be talked about. Yay, thank you. Uh, uh, and until then, uh, who have we got next week, Peter? Next week, we have Joshua Mendenhall, who will be talking about Islands of Sinorna. Right. Which is a pre-colonial Filipino role-playing game converted to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Wow, okay. That'll be, yeah. that'll be fun. Okay, oh. then. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And yeah. until next week, it's goodbye from me, Russ. That's goodbye from me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. And bye from me, Banana Chin. <laughs>
In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Uh, And until then, uh, who have we got next week, Peter? Oh, Peter looks like he's frozen. Oh, no. Is he frozen to you, too? Oh, I can act as Peter, too. Well, next week we're going to be talking about... Oh, never mind, he's back. (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed a certain similarity. (laughs) A certain similarity. (laughs) 